0: Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following cheer. First of all, I want to, the two people I want to welcome as we begin, I want to welcome Kobe, he came from Baltimore. I want to welcome him to Yeshiva. I, I have been heavily recruiting Kobe to Yeshiva. I want him to join Yankim next year, to join Nechevri, to join Dani. So I brought him here so Danny can help me on the recruitment. So welcome, Kobe. I'm happy you're here. I want to welcome also Aaron Shields, somebody that we've been saying to have with you. I want to welcome Aaron. I, we're holding by the last, we're holding by, this, by the last two, three times that we get to learn Muslim together this year, and I want to talk about a kasha that I've asked you before, but allow the kasha to, it's going to work on me and work on you. I'd like to share this question with you again. We read at the end of this, this past week, we read Parsha's Baloch, this past Shabbos. In Eretz Yisrael, they're a week ahead of us. Eretz Yisrael read Baloch the week ago before this Shabbos. We just read Baloch this past Shabbos. At the end of Baloch has the very, very famous Parsha where Miriam and Aaron speak Lash and hard on Moshe Rabbeinu. And Klal Yisrael, you and I have a mitzvah to remember what happened to Miriam. Now, Miriam was huge. The entire Klai Yisrael, three million people didn't travel. We waited for Miriam. Understand she's one of the greats of our history. Maisha Rabbeinu, it would be fair to say is the greatest in our history. You'd have to say Maisha Avram. There's discussion. But Maisha Rabbeinu, the Rebbe of Klai Yisrael, the one who gave us Maisha was Miriam. It was Miriam's advice to her father that gave us Maisha Rabbeinu. And so, you're talking about Miriam HaNaviya. Miriam was a Aviah. When Meish Rabbeinu led Klal Yisrael in singing Az Yashir, Miriam Yochebed, were one of the great ladies who led all the Nashim singing as well, she's one of the greats of our history, Miriam Manevia. Now, Miriam did a Chet, we're so fascinating and our Torah is so fascinating that the greats in our history, we don't cover up. So interesting, we 're human, we don't cover it up. I was talking to a friend last night,, was, Masha, I was talking to a friend last night. we're going to talk a lot about this because I think there's so much shame prevalent today, Duby. There's an incredible amount of shame, and I have a friend who's a very lofty person, very big person. And I, I'm very intimidated by how big he is, and he doesn't look me in the face so much. Mm-hmm. He's been through a lot. He's made mistakes, and he carries shame. And I feel intimidated mm-hmm. by him. We're people. We're both people. We're human beings. We have souls that are... And we're human. Human mm-hmm. conditions. We're fellow humans. And it's interesting in our tyrid, and I, When I was your age, I asked my Rebbe this. I asked my Rebbe that, that I like art scroll, I like G'daylon books. I encourage you guys, read G'daylon books. I'm very into knowing about our greats. We, they're incredible. Not all G'daylon books are the same. You'll see some are very well written and some are not as well written. And, and I very much advise reading G'daylon books, very much advise. I like knowing about the greats of our history. We have, we have incredible human beings and I like the stories of G'daylam that you could read. It's very, very kedai. One day at your Shabbos table, Shlomo, teach your children about the greats of our people. Yisrael, you should find out about Rav Henach You have people in your life that met him. And tell your kids stories about our greats. Stories are powerful, true ones, true stories. My Rebbe wrote a book about his father. Incredible. There's no exaggerated stories. It doesn't need exaggerated stories, and it's powerful to hear stories about our greats, and I like Adela books. And I asked my Rebbe, when I was your age, Daniel, my Rebbe used to, in his sukkah, he used to say... He used to say, quote, whatever he referred to me, and he said, Danielka, ask your question. And he would let me in his sukkah. I went for many years after I was married. I'd come to visit him in his sukkah. It's a mitzvah daraisa to visit your Rebbe. Could be a der-aisa. every single chag. I would go to my Rebbe every sukkah, and I'd go to his sukkah. And he would let me ask, what's on your mind? And one year I asked him that art scroll does such a good job with the gadolim. You read a book. You're shaking your head when you're done, and the tyra, which hints at the greatness of our greats, but it also is critical of all the greats. nobody's spared. It points out the chataim of the greats, and here you have Miriam and Aaron. We would, if we saw them, we would, we would just, we couldn't survive and see them. We would turn to Galshalatay Miriam and Aaron. It's. It's beyond anything we could fathom, the greatness of Miriam and Aaron. And yet the Torah records the Chet, the wrongdoing. When I asked my Rebbe, why doesn't the Torah like, speak more? Hashem created the authors of Art Scroll. Ain't sur keno ain't sayer. There is no artist like Hashem paint like a better picture of the greats. Instead you have to read between the lines. You have to understand every word means. But like here Miriam spoke and Harem forever. You and I have a chiv to remember Miriam's sin. I think it's important to remember human beings are human beings with human frailty. And the greatest of humans have, have sin. And we're improving. There is no great person who does good, who doesn't have some mistake. And the Torah records the mistakes of our greats. It's how the Torah works. And forever you and I are commanded to remember the Lashon Hara of Miriam. I would like to speak on this one of our final days of Muster of the Year about Lashon Hara a little bit. I'd like to ask a kasha that I've asked before, the Chavetz Chaim, the great idealist, Rabbi Yisrael Meir Kagan is the Chavetz Chaim's name, and in his idealism, he wrote extensively about Lashon Hara, and he felt like Klan Yisrael has to know about this one. And he wrote tons, he wrote in Halach about Lashon Hara. He wrote tons of essays in Ashkaf about Lashon Hara and the Chavetz Chaim made a revolution on being more careful not to say bad about another person. And the Chavetz Chaim who was so idealistic and so in sync with the generation probably like no God probably in the last 200 years have we had a leader in sync with his people like the Chavetz Chaim is just he knew the heart and soul of our people And he was an idealist The likes of which is hard to find In the world the idealism of the Chavetz Chaim And what he wanted to write a lot about Was Lashon hara, Shmiris HaLashon Don't say bad about another person The Chavetz Chaim I've heard from people who knew him I had a great uncle My great aunt's husband Who I didn't meet But my great aunt told me The Chavetz Chaim had a lot of Yosemim in his house He was a Yosem A lot of the greats are Yosemim And in proportionate Number of our greats were them Crazy amount of gedolim. I went through with somebody two nights ago, the gedolim who were Yisayimim. It's uncanny how many of our leaders were them? They go through difficulty. Hashem has big things in mind. It's uncanny. It's not normal. How many of the greats didn't have a parent? or two is uncanny. The Chavetz Chaim was one of the greats who grew up without a father. His father passed away. He had a stepfather. And the Chavetz Chaim took in, famously, a lot of Yisoyim into his house. My great-aunt's husband, I did not meet my, the husband, I met her, he was somebody who ate Shabbos in the Chavetz Chaim's house. And the Chavetz was very shmoozy, he was a talking type of person, he was not a quiet person, but obviously he did not rip people, he didn't put people down, and he made a revolution talking about the Shmir halashim and being more careful about the mouth. And in, in, in Shmir Salashen, he has all different parts, different Khalakim. I one year decided I was in America for a summer's man at a family, Simcha. And I got a first the Chabrus and we made up to learn Shmir Salashen first the biyun. We researched each thing. It was a very beautiful Zman, a summer's man. And I studied Shmir Salashen. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot of lambdas and raid and caches. There's so good Shmir Salashen. One of the places where the Torah says in Isser, of not speaking Lashon Hara, is in Mishpatim. In Mishpatim it says, laysisa, laysisa means to carry, which means to accept. And it means don't accept Lashon Hara. The Gemara, Torah, Shabal, Pedarshan, remember the Torah doesn't have Nikudais. So we have a messiah to read it leisasa, but the Gemara Darshin's leisasi. Leisasi is don't say lashnara. Leisasi is don't accept lashnara. So we have a pasuk which teaches us both not to speak lashnara and not to accept lashnara. Now, when I want to say not to accept lashnara and not to speak lashnara, what does it call lashnara in the Torah? What is it called? And I want every guy here to memorize this. These are from the final things we're going to learn before Elio hits Torah Chaim. Leo, I need you to memorize this. I love you. You raised the yeshiva being here this year. You're dignified and you raised the yeshiva. I want I want you to remember, in our parting, I want you to remember this. What is and Hara called in God's Torah? It's called Shema Shov. Shema means a shmua, a statement. What does shav mean, Elio? So what do you do when you don't know the translation of a word? You go to Unklis. Unklis was a tana. He's a tana who explains pzakim. If you don't know a word, you go to Unklis. So we go to Unklis. Says shema shav. I absolutely can't see it. So I'm going to get my glasses. Let's read Unklis What he says.
1: Be too distracting for everyone. Everyone's gonna keep popping down. Some people are scared. You know what Ah.
0: Uh. Says Uncles, Leisa Leisikabel. Don't be mekabel. Don't accept. So Leisa Shmueli translate Leisikabel. Shei Mashav Shema de Sheker Sheker. A statement of a lie. So, what's lashon hara called? Shema shav, Unkle sh- A shema is a statement. Shav means sheker. Don't accept a lying statement. Kobe, I have a bomb cash. You traveled from Baltimore. This is going to be my gift. Tell yo, I need every guy to hear this. Better than you ever heard. I promise. I heard it in new ways today. Please listen. Says the pastor, God says to us not to accept or speak lashon hara. What's a name for lashon hara? Michal, I need you to hear this. What does God call lashon hara? Parashas Balayisra is the story of Miriam speaking lashon hara. What does Hashem call something now? Whatever something's called, Michal's name. I used to have a hobby. When a guy left yeshiva, I would speak about him through his name. You know everything about a person from their name. The name of something is not a way to refer to it. It is what it is. We've said this a zillion times, and I'm going to say it one more time, Michal. Is that a a ceiling? Is this a table? Is this a chair? The floor? 0 for four, Michal. I don't agree. Michal's allowed to say it is. Elio, why do I say it? Why do I do this? Michal said ceiling, table, floor. What I disagree is there's nothing about this that's a table. Not a table. When I say is this a table, no. When I say table, both of us picture this. It's nothing about it that it's a table. It's just the way that you and I want to talk. So when I say table, we both think about this. This is not a table. It's nothing about it that it's a table. We call it so. It's a name we made up. It's called Askamas V V'Uma. Nations, it, I love talking to Michal stop there, I love talking, but also to Michal, I like talking to Michal, I want to have a conversation with Elio, so we, we do is, we call it a ceiling, so when I say ceiling, Elio, what do you picture? Ceiling. <laughs> I love, he's so brilliant, he's brilliant, you ever he said? He said the ceiling, he wanted to get no. me, like, he didn't want to say that, he's saying it's called the ceiling, he's defending, Mich- he's defending Michal, well defended, Elio, <laughs> you picture that, when we say ceiling, I don't mind, I'm not, I'm not being picky on you. You'll hear what I'm getting at, Michal. Because you could say, at the end of the day, that's a ceiling because we call it such. I'm getting at something, Michal. When I say there's a chair, when we say chair, we picture that. Say floor, we picture that. It, it lends, Michal, I want to teach you something. I want you to walk out of Musa today knowing more than you knew coming in. Are you a guy who believes everything taught to you? Just take whatever people say. Did you have a question? Paray knew every language. He didn't know Lush and Kurdish. <laughs> You're so accepting. Can I ask you a question? He just couldn't, is, is Lush and Kurdish so hard? What, he couldn't buy Rosetta Stone and like get that one? Chinese, yes. Portuguese, yes. Spanish, yes. English, yes. Russian, yes. Go on and on. Mandarin, yes. Lush and Kurdish, whoa. Key say. Paray, you got it? She say, my wife's a speech therapist. She could teach power, She's good. Do you ever wonder that? What's the shot? Everything Chazal say is deep. They're saying some is truth. They're saying what are the that mean? You know, Lush and Kurdish? He, he had a mental block. It's easy. Ko sell, co sell. He could say sell, he knew English, so sell he's good to. Ko, he, he said Kobe Bryant, he knew Ko. Ko and sell, so just say Ko, sell. You got it, good job. Key, he knew key food the store. Say, he knows how to say things, he knows English. Key, say. You got it, good to go. Couldn't do it? Shul Khan. Kobe, what it means, he didn't know and Akiva, is as follows. In English, the, a chair is just the way, Kobe, we both refer to this. Ceiling table. It's not what it is. Shulchan is what it is. It's not a way of referring to it. If I didn't know what this was, and I knew what every letter of the Aleph Beis was, I'd say, Shin, yeah, I see the Shin, Lam, and Ches, no, it's a Shulchan. I'm called the dad, what do you know about somebody who's a dad? Michal, what do you know about him? One thing that you know 100%, somebody has the name dad, what do you know about him? He has a son, thank you. He has a child. He has a child. How do you say dad in Evret, in Hebrew? Av. Aleph, who becomes a bez. that's what he is, he's an Av. He's an Aleph, who became a Be'ez. And mother? How do you say, how do you say garment? <coughs> beged. Bez Gimel dal. What's weird about the words Beged, Bez Gimel I, We're so used to it, Beged. What's weird about Bez Gimel dal. Somebody just said, skip the Aleph. Bez Gimel um, Aleph bez, Gimel dal. You forgot the Aleph. It's in order, but you left the al. what's the alef? Aluf means Hashem. Aluf is the thing itself. What's what's a garment? It's not the thing itself, it covers the thing. So it's missing the aluf, the essence. It's basgimaldal. It starts from after the thing, it's garments. What else does Beged mean? Begidah means treachery. Now in English, if two words are the same, who cares? Because it's not a ceiling, a floor, or a chair. In and Kodesh, spiritually, it's a Beis Gimel Dalid. Treachery and clothing are the same thing spiritually, exact. Because they're both Beis Gimel Dalid. They're spiritually twins. twins? Because what is garments? It's not you. It's what you're portraying that's treachery. It's not the thing itself. It's treachery. Treachery and garments. If it was you, it wouldn't be a Begin. It's only what you're showing, not who you are. Lashon is the thing itself. It is the thing itself. It's not a way to refer to something. It is the thing itself. Do you know what I'm saying, Michal? There's a halacha that comes from this. If you read the Megillah in English, put Megillah, are you Yaitze, Michal? Yeah. You're Yaitze. You're allowed to read the whole thing in English. Yaitze. Yaitze l'cha But let's say you don't understand English. Are you Yaitze? Nope. If you're reading Lush and Kurdish and you don't understand, are you, Why? Because if you say kise, you said this, whether you know what you said or not, you said this. So you said the whole Megillah. In English, if you say chair and you don't know what it refers to, you didn't say diddly squat. Because it's not a chair. So you didn't, saying chair means nothing. It only means something as, mo- as much as both of us picture this. Because it ain't a chair. So if you read the Megillah in English, you don't understand, you said nothing. If you read it in Lush and Kaidish, I don't care why you understand. If you say Kiseh, you said this, whether you know what you said or not. You said it. Clear? So now watch. In Lush and Kaidish, if you want to study anything, find out the name. The name is the thing. The name's not... I'm not Daniel as a way to refer to me. Somebody's calling, uh, Dan. Dan, uh, the guy turns, he doesn't. Dan is a way to get me to turn. It's not me. I am Daniel. If you want to know more about me, study Daniel, study Pinchas, and you'll know my kishkas. If you know what a Daniel is, you know the Pinchas, you know the Daniel Pinchas, Shalom Aleichem. Nice to meet you also. I used to like speaking about guys who left yeshiva based on their name. The name is not a way to... David Mayer is not a way to refer to him. May is to get his attention. He is not May, it's just to get his attention because you love him. I love the guy. I like talking to him. So I say May May and he looks over and I'm happy. If I want to connect... By the way, that's why you connect with somebody when you say their name because you, you, when you say somebody's name, you, 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 will, you said them. That's why you connect. If somebody's sleeping and you say their name, they often wake up. You said the name. You, that's that's me. He's Ya'ir. Ya'ir, that's not a way to get him to turn around. He's Ya'ir. What's your full name? Beautiful. Imagine his name is He Will Shine. Look at him now and it says He Will Shine Shelzighfer. Just imagine. Wow. Elio is not a way to refer to him. He's Elio. Daniel is not a way to refer. He's Daniel. It is who he is. If you want to study something, find out what it's called. The Torah works like this. If you want to study things, I advise if you want to study tables, there are people who like researching. The first thing to do is find out what a Shin Lamed nun is. You want to study the hand, the first thing to do is study the word Yad. Any athlete, chevra, what happens, all the basketball players amongst us, you shouldn't have any injuries. If you injure a finger, what do you do? Tape it to the next and you play. You're good to go pinky to this. I've done probably, of the eight guys, it's happened to many of them. You tape it to the next one and you're in the next game. There's one finger on each hand that doesn't work that way. The thumb, any basketball player knows. You hurt your thumb, oh shoot. You hurt any finger, you tape it to the next, you're in the next game, you're scoring your points, getting your rebounds, you're good to go. The thumb's a different kind of guy. He's like different. There's four and one. They, he behaves different, he acts different. He does a different thing. You can't tape him to the other ones. He's like a different gavra. The four guys, are they have one gavra. Do you think it's a coincidence that Yad is a little Yud with Dalad? Do you think it's a coincidence that it's that way? Do you think it's a coincidence that Yad is Gematria 14 and you have 14 knuckles in your hand? 14, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And of course the thumb, there are only 2, 14. And Yad's 14. It is a Yad. If you want to study it, study the word Yad. What's a sun called? A ben, he's a base. What does nun mean? What does the word nun mean? A nun is a descendant. How does the letter nun? It's an ender nun, is a long nun that continues on. That's what he is. He's nun. He's that which descends, that which keeps going, that which continues the thing. Everything in Lush and Kodesh, they're svarim and stuff. You study the words, everything's in the name, because it's not a way to refer to it. It is what the thing is. You have to study what letters mean what. There are people that are experts on this topic. What letters mean what, and then you study things. So if you want to study anything, the first thing to know in Lush and Kodesh, what do you call it? It's not like English. If I was studying tables, I would not start by it's called a table. I don't know, It doesn't make a difference. In Lashon Kurdish, I would say, what is the thing called? That's my way of like analyzing what is the thing. So now let's go back to what we started. What is Lashon Hara called in the Torah? Shema, a statement. Shav, what did Unkla say that means? A lying statement. I have a question. What is Lashon Hara, Michal? What is Lashon Hara? What is, is Lashon Hara? When you say something derogatory about another person. So why pray tell is it called in the Torah a lying statement? It has nothing to do with a lie. Don't say bad about a person. To say negative, Shmuel Salzberg, about a person is Lashon Hara. You're not a letter, knock a human being. Derogatory statements is Lashon Hara. What does is, what is God call Lashon Hara? A lie If a lying statement. Shema Shav. That's weird. That's weird. The Torah calls Lashon Hara Shema Shav. God, it's very important what he calls things. Because if you want to know the essence, find out what it's called. And in the Torah, in our Bible, God, who knows and created everything... Calls Lashnara Shema is a shmua. Shav says Uncle shekra A lying statement. That's weird. Why is Lashanhara don't accept a lying statement? It's a derogatory statement. After it's not a lie. It has nothing to do with a lie. Don't say derogatory. I want to tell you something that I discovered. My mother's a historian. One of one of my children loves history. And history is cool. History is cool. I have no histories. It's important. It has a place. There's history. There's something called history. Very important. Binu dar History is relevant today. There's there's a certain type of history that gets me angry. Remember, I like reading Gedolim books. You'll in your Daniel will know what I'm talking about. The experienced amongst us have seen this. I want to know by hands, don't let me bully you, who here is this familiar to? There's a certain kind of gay. It's a kind of gay. And you'll say a gadol. I like knowing about the g'daylam and want you to study about the g'daylam. I want you to know the names, who they are, what svarim they wrote. I think it's worthwhile along your journeys to get to know the g'daylam. I asked Unzer, my, one of my best friends, Revezi to share with the Chevron on Friday nights, the last couple of years, about G'daylem. Guys who've been by the Einig Shabbos have learned a lot of stories and history about G'daylem. I'm going to ask Rebezi, are we doing it today? About the, Are you Rebezi? How about Sunday? Perfect. Sundays, that's okay. Are you ready?
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. was Sunday. No, no, no. If, if, no. We've got it.
0: if we oh, it. Oh, oh, I'll give a few minutes. Gather the minds in a few minutes. You want. Can you do in a few minutes? Oh, okay. thank you. So I'm gonna ask Ezi in a few minutes. Claudius throw lost the Godol a week and a half ago. And I'm gonna ask Ezi to share with you a little details about him because I asked Ezi to research. Now I want you to know Argodilum. Who were they? What were they about? Now yeah, yeah. He's there's a, there's a certain kind of guy, and this rankles me. If you want to get me mad, you try this: They know the dirt on big people. So you'll say you're a Kivegar. they'll say, "You're not a you at a big mach and they know like one piece of information, I promise you. Knowing that piece of information makes you know Rebbe Kiv Eger less than if you didn't know that piece of information. You know him less. You know him less. Somebody who knows the dirt on G'dayim, they love this. It's a certain type. It's Geschmack So they have, all oh, the Chavetz Chaim, like, you think, you know he had a big Worth? <laughs> they love that. It's a type of guy... I'll, if we weren't talking about Lush and Hara, I would name you a guy who does it. <laughs> it's a type of guy... It rankles me because I hate fake sophistication. It's as if the guy is such a... He's not a historian. He's a warped history. He knows everything that makes you know less. I'd rather not know that piece of information and I know more about Ricky Vega not knowing that. It's a type. It's a type... It's a very negative type. Does anybody ever hear the term counterphobic? It's going to be the word or concept of the day. It's two words. What's a counterphobic? Did anybody hear of it? I'm proud of you. A six, very good. A six is either a phobic or a counterphobic. Six are scared of people in the Enneagram. They, everybody gets them anxious. They get really like, they have anxiety from people. Sixes. There are two reactions if you're scared of people. I met somebody. I was with my wife and Hootie, and we met somebody. He made fun of me, went to my wife, made fun of her, and then went to Hootie and made fun of him. Now, why do you, he was not a bad person. He's just a counterphobic. He's a six. Six is respond, when you're scared, there are two things to do. Either you act scared because you're scared, or you attack. If you feel intimidated by somebody, so that he felt intimidated by me, my wife, and Hootie, so you say something to get that person off balance. So they'll say something mean, like ridiculous, and make you uncomfortable. It's a simple tactic. It's called the counterphobic. If you're, instead of acting scared, you get aggressive. Many people attack others are counterphobics. They look all macho and tough, guys. They're just chickens. So, their way of like, if you're not scared, why would. Benjamin meets somebody, why would he. Hi, yo. What's up? If you're scared, so you feel uneven, so your way of leveling the playing field is you put that person on the defensive instead of you being on the defensive. It's called the counterphobic. Why I spoke about a counterphobic, I have no idea, I forgot. (laughs) But I'm going to remember in a second.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So, this guy typically is like a counterphobic. It's a type. So I'm, instead of any big Goddle, like a gadol is very intimidating, it's big to know. Hey, you know the Chabetz Chayim. Why are you saying that? You're just trying to cast doubt and you know him less because you know that. Every great person has story and history and details. I don't mind knowing their life and I don't mind knowing that Miriam was supposed to remember Miriam spoke Lashon Hara. But trust me, if that's all you know about Miriam, I promise you know her less than if you didn't know that. Except Hashem wants us to remember that even the great Miriam was punished for an Avera. The importance of not speaking Lashon hara. it's important to remember that. But the people who have like a story of a gadol, and so I'll tell you what I want to say. I want to say that God calls Lashon hara a lie because it's an absolute lie. But because you know that detail, you know a person less when you didn't know that detail, that's a lie. It's a lie not in what was said, it could be absolute truth. When somebody tells me about the Chavetz Chaim, they're a liar. You're a ligoner, you're a liar. a liar, I'm telling you it's true. You're a liar because you gave me a bad picture of the Chavetz Chaim and a bad picture is not true. So you lied to me. Nobody really did it. It's not what you said, it's the picture you created, that's a lie. When you rip another Yid, soul, 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 we are big, really big. Much bigger than we know, much, much. I promise you I'm very big, I promise you you're very big. Much bigger than we're in touch with, much. Intimidatingly big. Sometimes we could sense it and sometimes we struggle that we're too distracted. We're very, very big, very big. And that greatness that's in us, that immense, immense greatness, our bodies as well, body and soul were big, really big. When you knock a human being, you're a liar, because now people see less in him and know him less. I had an encounter with the Godel, I'm not here, I'm not trying to knock the Godel, I think he didn't understand. He speaks very exact, and I spoke to him for 45 minutes, this wonderful person, and it was very intimidating. His words are very exact, and he called me out twice. And I admitted I didn't speak exactly. He's very into exact. I called guys in yeshiva Lebedic. energetic, and it got him very nervous. Energetic, you know, say it, say it exact. The guys in mechallel shabbos don't say energetic. And I promise you, saying Michal al-Shabbos makes you understand the guy less. I would be a liar if I called the guy Michal Shab, shabbos not a Michal El shabbos Anxiety, yes. Energetic, yes. He's not a Michal El shabbos If I said he was a Michal El shabbos I'd be a liar. I don't like lying. You would know him less. You would know his story less. And Lush and Hara is called by God a lie because you know the person less when you bash him. When you say negative, the other person knows him less. We're big. We're really big. Don't knock another human being. Don't knock. Don't knock. Your forcedness is to hold of self. What makes us put people down is a lack of holding of self. At the places we hold ourself, we see good in others. We're not... The goal of Lash and Hara is not to spend our life biting our lips. Always wanting to say Lash and Hara is a chet chamer it's, one, it's the reason we went to Mitzrayim, the reason the whole Golis Mitzrayim happened was because of Lashon Hara. The first prayer we say to Hashem every day after we dive in for Klai Yisroh and we turn to our own needs is meira. Watch my mouth from speaking bad. I don't want to knock people. I don't want Lashon Hara. Don't put down people. Hold of yourself and hold of Him. Hold of yourself and hold of him. We're, we're commanded by Hashem. The only way, I'm or that we're a people. My wife worked amongst Goyim for eight years. They were really good people. They were really good people. As Gayim are, Chaviv and Adam. She said the area that they struggled with is not to say bad about each other. And she wanted to encourage them say good on each other. It's Naira that were commanded repeatedly in our Torah. The Chavetz Chaim, it's one of the most biggest themes in the Kola Torah. Kula, is not to speak evil against another person, not to slander another person. The only way a person could be somebody who has to speak Lashen is to hold himself. If you don't hold yourself, you'll be biting your tongue all your life, you will fail many times and knock people. If you hold yourself stark you'll see others as good, you won't be knocking other people. Our tire, which is mitzvah, not to say bad in others. But it calls it a lie, you're a liar when you say bad. Even if the story is true, but it's not imparted who the person is. I remember a guy who once was very negative, was talking about somebody I know who's one of the nicest people I ever met. And they were saying true things about that person did and it didn't look nice. And I had to go on a walk with myself. He's a stinking liar. I didn't say one word. That was a lie. But he lied. Because he was talking about a nice person. It's like that story. So you say six stories of the nicest person. Imagine a guy in our Chabura. Everybody knows that from the nicest people here. Everybody knows that Shragi Panas from the nicest people in the world. It's like I'm not, I'm not saying He's nice. Imagine a guy makes a compilation of six stories that that paint that, that the stories are true you and it take just there's no context no details you hear the story whoa whoa mean guy me and guy is the nicest guy i know so then you lied even if the story is true you're a liar you isolated six incidents which don't you you, you caused the lie to be given over you caused the absolute your story could be true and you're a liar because now the picture you paint is a lie. The Torah calls Lashon Hara. The name of something. Michal, you hear what I'm saying? The name of something is the essence. What does God call Lashon Hara? Shema, Shav. What does Uncle say? Shav means Sheker. A lying statement. That's what Lashon Hara is called. I was saying when something's called in the Torah is not a way to referring It's what it is It's essence is a lie How could you be sure? Maybe the person really is that bad Because people are souls It by essence Are you allowed to say Lashon Haran Russia? It's not a lie You're allowed to, Yeah, You're allowed to You know why? It's not a lie But on any person, human being You say bad You caused a lie He's big stuff Big, big stuff and you're a liar even for what you said as the truth. You know what I'm saying, Michal? It's tricky. I've seen this. That's the secret to not accepting Russian hard. Knock it out of your mind. I had to walk with myself and say, the guy's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. It's a lie. I want to give an example of something. I want to give an example of something. I love this. Videos and pictures are lies. I want to share this. The last night of the year, a guy in yeshiva got up. He was a very liked guy, and a group of guys had shtagged a lot. And he played a rap, started from the bottom, now we're here. Now they changed most of the words, they left the same. The room was intense. There are people here that were there. By hands, who was there? Johnny, you were there? There were people there when the guy played it. The room was electric. Somebody a couple of years later played the video to me, it was like hurtful, it was terrible. It's, I've never watched the, the video of my chasnah, I don't plan on watching, because it's a lie. You watch the video wedding, you're like, uh, guys tell me on events in yeshiva, I saw I saw, I saw, I saw on, on, on internet. It's cool to watch on internet, you did not see the event, it's a lie. Because you cannot feel, you cannot feel, right now I'm talking to Morty. I promise you my heart is full. It's the end of the year. I'm in touch with it. I pass by walking today. I'm full of love to Morty Sandwitz. The man is kind. No, no video, no video, no video can capture that. No recording can capture It's what I feel. It could be felt in a room. I have sat with David Mayer for a year. No video captures that. There are scenes and moments. If you would record Shalashod and show the video, it would be a lie. What do you mean? It's exactly what happened. It's a lie because it can't capture that which is the essence, the feeling, what's going on. You can't capture that on video. There are many videos you see of things that's not, that wasn't it. So I just like the picture but what do you mean that's exact video I videoed the thing yeah but you missed the essence you didn't capture there were feelings in the room there was something that went on in the room that you can't capture no matter how accurate you can't capture my father had this of learning by Reb Chaim Shmulevitz it's very very tricky, there's a sefer called, what's the sefer Reb Chaim Shmulevitz was written of his Shmuzim Thank you, Mark. Any Talmud of Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, he had a tremendous love of his Talmidim. He planted at a time when Rebbeim tended to be more distant. I shouldn't say every Rebbe. My father's Rebbeim were more distant. He went to learn by Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim kissed him. Reb Chaim was warm and mushy. And he met Reb Chaim giving shiurim. They loved Reb Chaim. And he got up and spoke. There was love in the room. Try writing a safer and capture that. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a safer of a sefer. It's, it's excellent for the rest of us. You cannot capture the love in the writing. In the, in the beginning of Sih Musr, the first words they write is, we did not succeed. That's the introduction, translator's preface. Because they can't, they did a great job. I love Sih HaSmoser. I never was there live. Show this to a student who was there live. He'll be like, oh, okay, okay. It doesn't mean you shouldn't write the safer. It's Kedai. See, Chesmoser is excellent. But for those that were there, you know the love in the room? They were crazy over Reb Chaim. They were waiting for every word. They were hanging. There was love in the room. You can't capture that in a safer You can't. So there's, a, there's an element that's not true. When you hear that and Har is a lie, you can understand it then. What do you mean it's a lie? It's an exact video. What can I tell you? Because it things it can capture. The essence of a human being is such that you could say the truth and you lied, you didn't capture his essence. Who he is, the greatness, the order of the human being, there's a lie as to who he is with the true story. You know what I mean, David Mayer? Greg right, Brownstein and I were planning the graduation Thursday night. And we're talking, we've spent a long time talking. It's important to us. It's, a, it's, your, it's our graduation, parents coming, very important. We were talking about how the event will look. And I want to say that with whatever we do, this or that, there's love in the room. You know, when somebody stands up and says, Dear graduates, I would like to commend you. And he can give the best speech. Is their love some guys, it's the first time I heard him say he loves us. <laughs> is there love real? Do you love him? Does he love you? Is there, when that's in the room, so then does the program even matter? Now, I, I care about the program. But what's in the room is people who care about each other. What's in the room is people that grew. Lashin Hara is called Shema Shikra, statement of lies. I'm going to ask, so that was my first thing that I wanted to share today about Lashin Hara. I would like Rev. Ezi Shlita to, to come up for a few minutes. He did me a favor. Claudius Yisrael lost a Yid who said shir for 80 years in Panovich. I don't know his story, but I asked Rev. Ezi to research and give us a sense of this Yid who said shear. He learned with youth for 80 years. I'm moved by that. Somebody learned with, with teenagers, Gemara, and taught for 80 years. That moves me a lot. I'd like to hear. That's the only bit of information I know. I'd like if to hear <laughs> I want to hear some more information So I'm going to ask Revesi Schlitter People on tape are going to struggle to hear Revesi from the back Saying I'm afraid to come close, I'm afraid of dogs I can't explain <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's not a joke Come <laughs> <laughs> So calm.
1: Very calm. He's tired. Hey, uh, nothing strange here, He's eh? a regular Hespid, you know. How do I record something? How do I record? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is how I record. You might think I'm not I'm sorry, uh, just, uh, <clears throat> what? Oh, there it is. All right, um, so, um, uh, being that the Rebbe Shlita asked that I, uh, Presentive Ray Hespid on Murana Rosh Hashiva, I pray for Siyat to be successful in this endeavor in which I uh, am obviously inadequate. Still in all, um, as the Rebbe had been explaining, that it's important for us uh, that uh, being that we are part of Klai Yisrael we're not some, uh, you know, if we're, we don't consider ourselves a fragment uh, that we're. We're part of Yisrael. That's not uh, separate from uh, the rest of our brethren, and certainly, uh, or perhaps, all the more so, from someone who was uh, understood to be the uh, de facto leader of of the yeshiva world. So, I thought uh, the Ezra Hashem. I'll share with you a few insights, and naturally, the goal is not simply to. Uh, the goal of any Hespid, uh, like the Gemara tells us, is not simply to just uh, become sad or maybe to become uh, uh, nostalgic, but rather to learn in what way can we derive lessons from uh, from what this, uh, fr- from, from this great, the, the, this great Torah personality. Um, and as follows, the... Um, just to start, there was a hundred years ago in a small little town of Russia. I clearly couldn't, afo- couldn't afford many vowels, because I can't pronounce it. Small smart shakes or something like that. Uh, it was near Smolesk, which also has an O in it. But the point is that uh, uh, somewhere somewhere in Russia, Kitzer, and there were two brothers. You know, in our uh, lore, we refer to the Achim is a reference to... So sure. uh, Reb, Zish, Reb the Reb, Reb and Reb Zisha. Of late, the Achmakodesh could be referring to the Edelstein brothers, the Rabbein Gershin and uh, Reb, Yaakov, Reb Yaakov. Edelstein who was just who was who was, no, who was less than a year younger. In fact, uh, there were other members of the family. On all faces, these individuals lived uh, in uh, Russia at the height of communism, when. Uh, you know things were very difficult to say the least for someone who was a uh, who was trying to be a practicing from eid as youngsters as children the family uh but but they learned with tremendous asmada under their father for for their entire childhood literally right throughout those teenage years uh but somewhere in the middle they had moved from um from Russia to Eretz Yisrael, they finally obtained passage to Eretz Yisrael And But because they didn't have the proper connections, the family had to somewhat split up. The, the, they, they lost their mother at a, at a young age. I think Rav Gishon was 11 when he lost his mother. Um, but the point is that under very uh, difficult uh, privations. The children, these two boys, learned with their father. They had never attended a yeshiva. It's remarkable, mm-hmm. you'll see, that, that that these future leaders of Klal Yisrael had never attended a formal yeshiva. Now, that's not to say that there's something wrong with attending a formal yeshiva, but it is noteworthy that they learned with their father. It's mamish like um, like like the Kabbalat Torah, the the Raya B'tzayin Abi just uh, they 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 came to Eretz with very little accommodations. By by way of accommodations, they found some sort of a, a chicken coop, like a little empty area which was somewhat you know somewhat roofed, and they got some crates for tables and and, and, and bed like a lack of furniture and everything, and they were able to learn together, and that's what they did. But b'hasmodat sumo with. Tremendous Ian first chumash, then Naviam rishayim, then neviim Ahrainim, then shas, and by the time the boys are nineteen eighteen, so they're ready to go there. They're ready. The, the The chazanish got they got to know the chazanish. Um, missing a lot of details. Just I think it's very, um, it's something startling that they learned by their father, and they became talmidim of their father, did nothing but learn and learn and learn until they became tremendous talmidim of b'kiim And by the time they entered a, a, a formal yeshiva, so the, li- the line that was said is that they were great talmidim of hachamim, and before they heard of vart. Meaning, they learned the basics, the basis the what the Mishnah calls the Memchas Dvarim Shatari, One of them, two of them, probably one of them is Mikru Mishnah, is to know the basics, to know the 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 bottom line, the 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 fundamentals, that which everything else can be built upon. And then, you know, but they had Master Kivager and the Ksais, and then they came to Yeshivas. They were introduced to the world of the Rashi Yeshiva Shatiris, which is also very beautiful, and a lot to learn, but that came upon, so when Rev Rev Gershon's father had encountered the Chaznish, they got to introduce themselves to each other, he met the boys, the whole, I don't know the the entire story, but one day Shmuel Ruzovsky, the great Panovich yeshiva, who was commissioned by the Panovich Shorov to start a yeshiva, came to the, he heard about these, the Edelstein boys, and he wanted to recruit them to start his, his, at that time, non-existent yeshiva, and it started with six Talmidim, so the two adelstein boys comprised one-third of the entire yeshiva. And before they went, they went to the Chazanish, and the Chazanish had admonished them, you can go, but make sure that you maintain your father's, de- you already have a derech halimut from your father, and everything else can be built upon that. And it's, it's, it was very quick and easy for them to learn all the tires and all the things that had absolutely, they were not familiar with at all because they had a tremendous basis in in the in the fundamentals, in what we'll call, I don't want to call it the icker, in, in, in the fundamentals of just what does it say, what does it say. You think I have an agenda? I'm telling you the story. I'm telling you what happened, okay? This is the, so I think it's a very important, um, something that we should be aware of. Don't give me that look. I'm telling you, and I saw it in my own, I saw it. This was not my, this was not my, uh, I didn't know anything two weeks ago, as we saw. In any event, the, um, what's very interesting about Gershon is that being that he had was the, from the first, the starting Talmudim of the great Panevich Yeshiva, as it turned out, Rav Gershon never became, his father was the Revan Ramat Sharon, so they had opportunity to see that type of uh, interaction. And Rav Gershon was both a Talmud and a Rebbe of sorts as a young man instructing youngsters, which he continued to do for the next 75, 80 years of his life, as we know. But what's interesting is Ragesh was never a younger man. The Hainu, when he was already in the yeshiva, the Panovich saw his strengths. He was learning and he sh- like a Talmud of Shmuel Razovsky. And he was already um, enlisted as a Magad Shir before, while still a Bacher. So he married already having been a Magad Shir, right? The only other person, you know, the one person that comes to my Shmuel Brydney in the mere in the yeshiva was like that. Uh, where you were already a rebbe as a bachur, so there was no opportunity, as it were, to be a young man He was teaching his entire life, his entire Adolf life. He was he was a rebbe to klal I'm going to share with you um, a couple of uh, interesting uh, anecdotes, maybe two or three mm, anecdotes yes. that uh, I think should be able to shed light on on the great god, the great Torah leader of Ahuah Gershon was. And um, the first thing I'm going to tell you is as follows: of Gershon was the Baltikea for many decades, even in his, into his 90s. He was the Baltikea, the Panovich Yeshiva. He was the Baltiquea by the Chazanish's minion. And uh, there was a guy there after he, you know, he blew the kylos. There was a guy there who apparently wasn't happy. Let's call him uh, Ezzi, uh, whatever. I don't, I, uh, I don't know the guy's name. And if I did, I wouldn't dare to say, uh, you know, the... Uh, not after that. But um, so as he goes over and says, you know, I'm afraid that the last set, you know, by the by the Shifres that you weren't really uh, that there was some there was a, there was an issue. I don't know. you too long, too loud, too short, whatever. And anybody who had been there would have been of the opinion that there was absolutely nothing that, you know, he blew, he blew, flew, he blew flawlessly. There was nothing wrong with any of the tickets that he had blown. And Ogershon, without saying a word, repeated for those in attendance, for anyone who had been interested, without defending himself, he repeated the entire set. He blew the whatever, the 30, the 10, whatever, however many kailas were requested by this dude. The Chazanish was witness to this occurrence. And apparently, the Chazanish had said about him Ogershon is a balmum. Ogershon is a balmum. Was thus? So, Chazanish said that Chazal tell us that a person is supposed to have a shminus a shminus of gaiva. He's supposed to have like an eighth and eighth, which my math is off. If, ma- if my math's not off, a 64th is that? Right? Of ga- he's supposed to have a a of gaiva. And Rogershin has no gaiva. He's completely lacking any gaiva whatsoever. So, this is what the Chazanish said Rogershin. I'm talking 1940s already. So, subsequently, someone had repeated this. Memra, someone told Rav Gershon that it was said upon you, They you lack in And Rav Gershon, with a half-smile, I've since become a Shalem. no, I've, I've recovered. I've since become a Shalem. And what's remarkable to me, you know, you think about a Yid who, who, like the Rebbe had said, that he taught children, youngsters, you know, um, for, for 75 years, and did nothing else. It was actually arranged that he shouldn't be busy with other things. Reb Dovid, Reb Baruch he was the Masad Kedushin of the Chassid. Now he had a lot to do. He was very metap with the bracham. He even gave instruction to young Machan to other, to, to, to other Machanchim. You have to learn about the Bracha. It's the onus of responsibility to get to know one another. You know, sometimes Reb will say, "Hey, listen, he doesn't come to me. Well, hey, yeah, it's my problem. Yeah, it's your problem. Go ask him how he's doing. Ask him if he's happy. What's going on at home? This is the responsibility of a." Of, of, of a proper uh of a proper mashpiyah, of someone, of a rebbe to take the initiative to reach out. So he was of that nature, and he wasn't lazy in that regard, but his focus primary, primarily was to be teaching Torah to the, to the Talmidim, to the Talmidim and the Yeshiva. There's a certain, like, I just want to draw a parallel, a contrast, if I might. There, You know, we're in an age today, my friends, of um, publicity and presentation. You know, a lot really is like, and, you know, we, for better or for worse, have a certain exposure to things that are presented. I'm not talking about things that are inherently evil or bad or something that we might look upon as something even wrong, but. A lot, like, lies, rather, in, like, the certain, like, way it's packaged and presentation that sometimes can be off focus from just the hard, plain truth, just what we should be hearing do. Be, you know, there, there's, like, a lot of – I'll give you an example. You know, uh, sometimes I hear, like – and again, this is not a bad thing. There's definitely a place for it, and it could be sometimes very um, – uh, inspiring, a person will say like like these lines, uh, Dovi, that like can kind of like um, grab you. They have like a catchy sound to it, you know. Now, I think it's important to identify that Shlaimah HaMelech didn't wrote a whole safer called Mishle, which is expressions, parables, or phrases, or things to you know. To to work your mind, that your mind should be opened to better understanding of life, of Tyra, of the way and runs the world. But they weren't presented in a way that should be – like if a person will say something like, you know – and I'm not making – I am. But I'm not making fun to the degree that you should think it's a bad thing. I'm making fun to the degree that you should appreciate the contrast. And I'm taking way too long to say it. School – you know, in school, you have a lesson and then a test, right? I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it as as good as you know, with the drama and all. School, you have a lesson and then a test. In life, you have a test that becomes. Did I say? that I mess it up? I hope I did, right? You get the point that school, you have a lesson and a test. In life, you have a test, which should be a lesson. Now, I'm not saying it dramatically. I'm, I'm proud to sound bad at There's a there's now there's a place for it. There's a place for it. If you, you know, by, by the tabloids, there's a guy that they, they, they pay good money to to think every day. His job is to sit in a basement with a light bulb and think of, like the catchiest title that'll grab you, you know, like, you know, that type of um, that type of thing. Um, there's, I have a friend that's very, very, I think the best one I know about, and again, there's a place for it. Nassana Chaim Elam is the one I know who's the best at saying like that catchy dick of phrase. But you have to realize that it's important, you know, even for Nassana Chaim Elam to understand that. He's not trying to give across, you know, the pure, unadulterated truth. He's trying to catch you. The shame would be is that if a person thinks he's saying something that's unadulteratedly true, when it's really not, that's where the danger lies. Here you have someone who never... Now, he's addressed Claudius Yisrael often. He's given sheer every single day for 80 years, including... The day before he passed away, shear was given from the hospital bed. There's a beautiful image of mar that were written up for the shear to be presented the day he, uh, for the shear that he was no longer there to give. It's, it's, it's like, um, it's incredible to to try to uh, comprehend. But a man who had, was not, who didn't live in a world, whenever he would say something, he said what was necessary for you or the or whoever the subject was to hear, without any sort of uh, manipulation or, uh, or or changing, there was like an unchanging focus of what the truth is, of what needs to be said, of what is the avodah at this moment, and that's something I think we need to be very mindful of as much as possible to appreciate. You know, there's a there's something called the truth. There's something the truth, not you know. Uh, well, I have my truth, you know, you have yours, but I have it. Now, it's true, everybody has their perspective and should. There's a certain focus that we need to have on what is the truth? What is something that is correct and what is, uh, uh, okay, you know, a little bit like not somewhat modified, you know, to be more presentable, to be more packaged, to be more public, you know, you don't want to. Now, again, not everything can be said, should be said the exact way it's meant. Right? If you have, uh, something wrong with me. So the way you would say, as he, you know, the way you would say whatever issue you have with me privately would probably not be the same you would say it publicly. That's how human beings should operate. That's, that's, that's legitimate and that's, that's wonderful. But this is, we, we should also appreciate what it means a yid who lived, who never said anything, like you had a sense that anything was said from the accounts. Again, never having met Rivgershin, never having known, and, and not even, uh, knowing very well those that did know him. I'm not, I'm not, in that world, but to appreciate there's clearly some, someone who is very hyper-focused, just like an unchanging focus on what it is that's right, what it is that's true, what it is that's MS, and not distracted at all by, uh, by other things. I want to share with you as follows two, two very, um, uh, maybe two more accounts. There was a um, there was a Yid who was learning he had a nephew that was the head of a yeshiva and he had a Talmud that had transferred to Panovich. I'm just going to take maybe two more um, interesting uh, accounts that I had that I had seen and, or heard. A Talmud had transferred to um, a, tra- a Talmud had transferred to the Panovich Yeshiva, and the Panovich Yeshiva his ta- the, the, that is. This Talmud had been a Talmud by a nephew of Rav Gershon. And the nephew had reported... Gershin, I forget the name right now. The nephew had reported that the Talmud is, a, is a tremendous. He's scaled tremendous heights of Hasmada, he's to a tremendous degree. Three months later, Gershon met up with this nephew, with this other Rosh Hashiva. And he said, there's something that's unnatural about the Hasmada of this Bachar. There's something that's not... That I, I see that something's forced. And I have a tremendous concern that it's not going to last, Natural, that it's not going to last, that there's going to be something wrong. But it wasn't long before there was a little bit, uh, the, I shouldn't say a little bit, that the Bukhar that the, the like, whatever he cracked or he, he, he went away from learning, couldn't go back, couldn't turn to learning for a few months, and then Baruch Hashem, they, they, you know, Rav Kedarka arranged that he should be mekurev, that someone should, should learn with him, should, you know, chill him out a little bit, maybe take him on walks, whatever. And... The nephew was so amazed you know this Bacha was by me for a few years, but we have so much do he 's learning yeah Gershon detected there 's a certain naturalness there 's a there 's a certain calmness a certain a certain um, a certain comfortability that was lacking by this Bachan who was able to see it on that Bachar. That's a leader, that's someone who understands the nature of each person, the nature of how each person's steiging should be, should look like, and how it is going. I want to say that Rav Gershin was pushing very much that Bacham should finish Shas. Learn Shas. And the Bachar said, what do you mean, even if I should just learn the Rashi's also a Lamedin. you can rely on Rashi. Just finish Shas, learn Shas exactly the way he had done as a youngster before he went to the Panovich Yeshiva. And he would advise. It's very interesting. He would advise a lot of Bachrim to go on walks, as was uh, the the custom by the Briskers. The, you know the Brisker rub, There were many. What had a long discussion, and when they would go on walks, he would say, "I want you to make sure. Don't you listen to a shear when you're walking? You don't listen to a shear. What you're thinking in your mind is not my business. You can do whatever you want in your head. If you're listening to a shear, you're 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 not appreciating the time that you're not sitting in front of a Gemara." And it was, that's what he instructed. He said, "I want you to go for walks, and I don't want you to listen to a shir as you're walking." One final beautiful insight. Again, I think underscores the bika she of who the roshiyu was. There was a a yid came to him who needed to buy a larger dwelling, and he wanted he very, he, was, he considered it very desperate that he needed to uh, 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 to go purchase a home with more living space. And he asked Rav Gershon that, I want you to and I want you to give me a bracha. What should I give you a bracha for? I want you to give me a bracha that I win the lottery. He said, you want a bracha that you should win the lottery? Why do you want to win the lottery? And he told him, because of this issue, I want to buy a house. He said, no. Nate, I'm not giving you a bracha you should win the lottery. Why not? He said, I'll give you a bracha that you should buy the house. If you win the lottery, maybe it's misogel that the, maybe this lottery should be, should be won for someone else you're taking something for you that could have gone somewhere else. I won't give you a bracha that you should win the lottery. I'll give you a bracha that you should have the means, that you should have the parnoster to be able to, to make the purchase that you need. But a certain like, heightened sensitivity, a beautiful way of David, like a certain understanding and appreciation of what's right, a focus on what's true, a focus on what is the proper hashkafah, what is the proper thing. And this was someone who ultimately became the... You know, the great leader, the Torah leader that that uh, the Torah world knew. But again, the you know, the hype of it is like, oh, wow, the greatest leader of Torah jewelry for 80 years. You know, the numbers shouldn't be something that like that make us lose sight of what it was about this uh, uh, this Torah giant that's relevant for us. A certain focus on what's right, a certain focus on what's true, not to be distracted by how things might seem, or how things might jingle, or how things you know might jive by others, but nothing to have, nothing other than a certain tireless effort, a certain focus on what is it that Hashem wants from all of us, and it's Hashem, we should uh, try to strive to um, emulate those ideals, some of which, some of which we spoke about today. Thank you all for thank you all for listening.
0: Amazing, amazing, amazing really amazing. I want to thank Ravezzi. That was that was very, very special to me. I feel like, I feel closer. Claudia Stroll suffered a loss, but I feel like I, I feel closer to it. Rebezi shared real things, and things. you can imagine that time Rebezi shared with us, it takes a lot more reading and studying. Rebezi is a wise person what to share, what not to share. I appreciate a lot. I want to, it's not like it's not like we're going one sad thing to another. Like Rivesi said the point of eulogy is not sad. I want to speak to you about something today. The yeshiva had a dinner last night. And at a dinner a dinner's point is to make money for an institution. There were two people honored. I want to speak about there were two people that are both not alive that were honored. I don't I'm not a pretend person or a cynical, the fact that the yeshiva made money, in their memory people donate, is just one zchus adds to another zchus but it's something that I take seriously it's not just, well, it was good for a dinner, I want to sit here with you, Mo was there I want to talk to you about the two people that were honored the first person that I want to talk to was more recently passed away we had somebody learn learned from the yeshiva, his name was Avi Walaski. Avi Wolaski lives in Baltimore, is an incredible guy, incredible. He's somebody who just finished law school, Georgetown University. He's a Ben Torah through and through. I could tell you, I had a period in my life, right before COVID, I had a Cyrus that I wanted to learn more Torah, And I told my wife that I feel very overwhelmed. To um, There's so much going on in my life. If I learn with a Chavrus, I need somebody that I'll relish learning with. And I thought of two people that I can learn with, that if I learn with them, I'll really learn, like it will happen. And I ended up learning with Avi Woloski. We learned till COVID. I remember when he had to leave, his father was at it, it was one of the first people exposed at this um, conference. There was some political, his father's very, very active politically. He's a philanthropist, very involved politically. And Avi was with his father and he had to leave. I was so upset. I lost my chavrusa. We learned for many months. We learned many beautiful nights. He's somebody who's very focused. He's brilliant, extremely smart, and very focused. So he would come... We would learn, and we learned many beautiful suyas together. Very, very, very special guy. He was a bachur in yeshiva, a dorm counselor in yeshiva. It's funny there was a big football game, but he was a happens to be still remains a great football player. He actually is run as well. Also, we have we just had a marathon. Avi is a tremendous, tremendous guy. He's a bentayer, amazing person. I've been zeich and meeting Avi to become close to his parents, but then the following happened. Avi made a see him in yeshiva. Now, this Sium had been gorgeous, and his grandmother came to the him. Somehow, I don't even remember the details behind, but he thanked his grandma, and she was a very, very enthusiastic, positive, wonderful person. And she gave like a famous fist wave and cheer, and the place went nuts. And we all fell in love. She became grandma. She used to call me on Fridays. I got texts from her Fridays. She became important in my life, she became grandmother. I would get texts very often Friday, and I usually, I'm not a big texter, I would call her back whenever I could. I would call her, and we spoke many a Friday before Shabbos for Yontif. This tremendous lady during COVID, remember I stopped with Avi by COVID. Avi was holed up with his grandmother during COVID. A lot of it, his parents were in Eretz Yisro, and he was alone in the house with his grandmother. And they were on the Zooms. We Zoomed the whole yeshiva. We had hundreds of people, and she was on the Zoom. I had her speak a couple of times on the Zoom. It was all Bahrain, all other ladies, young, you know, if there were people there, they weren't, you couldn't see. But grandma was there, and, and the yeshiva got to know. Every day, you had Avi Wilaski sitting next to grandma. She was a very, very special person. She did not grow up from. Later in life, she grew up. Near here, it happens to be an hour from here. Later in life, she became from and very from serious about Yiddishkeit, like a very inspired person. She was very young, she was much younger than all of us. When I say young, I don't mean age, I mean enthusiasm, I mean love of other people. You were respected and loved. She was a beautiful person who, like, we all talked to, just a special person, the yeshiva honored. There's going to be a classroom that's going to have her name, right, with Snicky's classroom. It happens to mean something to me. It's very good, the yeshiva the the, 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 the is making money, and people are donating. That's a wonderful tzchus for her, and a very good thing. But I wanted to tell you about Mrs. Sokol, we called grandma. I wanted to say specifically that midah of appreciating another person's warmth, Kindness. You walked in. I went to Baltimore once a year. They would host something for the yeshiva. Her, she was a warm and the guys every all the guys called her grandma, especially the guys who lived in Baltimore knew her. And she was a warm, loving kid. She became part of the yeshiva all from that same. When she went wild and the guys started cheering, and from then on it was just she was part during COVID. She learned in the yeshiva. She was at the sheer every single day waiting, ready, near, learning laughing, contributing part of things, she held on to every word, when we made things in Baltimore, we were like going to make a Shabbos together with her She was, that Shabbos, she was in like seventh heaven. This is somebody who grew up going to public school, who found Hashem, who found Torah, who found Yiddishkeit. She was on fire. She was young. I wanted to tell you about her. The yeshiva honored her, but I wanted to tell the guys on the ground about Mrs. Sokol. The second person I wanted to tell you had his 20th, right by Purim time, had his 20th Yartzei. And he learned in yeshiva. His name was Shaya Twersky. He was nineteen years old when he was nifter. I want to tell you a little about him. He was the the Muservad we have today. He was the first guy who loved the musar him The first, he wrote over. I have in my house a notebook of all the shmuzim of the year. He would listen. He would go to the Shia, record the Shia. He was the first guy ever. Today it's recorded. The first guy who recorded Musser in the Yeshiva of Waterbury was Shaya Twersky. He was nifter on the way to my shir. He was driving early Friday morning, and he was nifter in a car accident. He was driving up to come to the Friday morning share that he always pushed and encouraged. He was somebody who loved Musser, who was a very dignified person, incredibly dignified. He was cool. He was a musician, excellent keyboard player. The Yeshiva had a band. He played on the band. He was extremely dignified, extremely, always smiling. He learned a lot. He was a big Masmid, a Benastarah Masmid, He would learn during say, the ben Benastarah, but learning did not come easily. He was fighting to learn, grinding it out, working crazy hard. He kept the on Ephesh for a year and a half. He kept a journal of his own life to work on things. The main thing he was le- working on was what we just spoke about, Lashon Hara. He was working on not speaking or listening to lashon Hara. He would not go to a large group of guys. That was his plan. He was a cool guy, good-looking, smiley musician. He didn't go near large groups. He was too worried. I read it in his book that he wrote for the year and a half. He did not go near large crowds. He was worried where the conversation would go, and he didn't want to be part. So he would try to stick to smaller groups. This way, he wrote after one week, a kid who grew up in base Smedrash, wrote after one week that the whole week I did not say or listen to one word of Lashon Hara. Imagine a guy living in our day, a cool, normal guy, wrote after a week, he wrote a little smiley face, and he wrote, I did not listen or, or say one word of Lashon Hara this week. A little smiley face, keeping the Chesh Ben That, to be able to say that in an honest, it was a very, very honest Chesh Ben nefesh to say that on yourself... The, one of the things that anybody remembers Shy, and this was in his life, was dignity. He always dressed well, fresh shirt, and he was very machped dignity. Very machped. He didn't like, if the guys had, he asked me, shy look, can I throw out a guy? had like a post or some crust of paper in the dorm. That was like upsetting him. His dorm room was Kiddush Kaddoshim. He was a person who never said a swear word. Dignity was important by him. He wore, I believe he wore a robe, I believe so, dignity, human, he was like, there was something, the word I would use for him is adenos, adenos is refinement, elevation, just big, a big person, he, he was a holy soul, and the word dignified, very dignified. The way he behaved, the way he spoke, wherever he went, there was a dignity of of, of we're, we're just not low. We we speak a lot in yeshivah people are souls. He was a soul. He's related to the Skver rebbe. The Skver rebbe knew him. His levaya was by the Skver rebbe, and he was those. Who, we all felt he had like this soul that was very very elevated. The way he spoke, the way he carried himself. There was a smile and a shine to the person. This wasn't like after he died, like now you say it. While it. was When he was nifter, we were crushed. It was a Friday morning. The whole yeshiva was sitting on the floor. We couldn't move. We couldn't move. His, he, he, was, he was the star of the yeshiva. While he was alive, he was the guy. And everything I'm saying, we said about him while he was alive. And there was a dignity, of, there was this profound... At the time, it was very early in the history of the yeshiva. It was nifter 20 years ago. The yeshiva had just begun. The yeshiva was all of two years old when he came. He came earlier than that, He was, when he was nifter. The yeshiva was two years two years old, went three years old when he was two and a half, three years old. So it was the middle of the third year of the yeshiva. When he was lifter, at the time you almost think like that that would be like normal. He remains 20 years later, like the poster child for everything we want. I don't fall for the stark guy thing. I don't fall for that. I don't care for my own kids. I don't care for you. I'm stark. It's not about what others see. It's not about a contest. He was a guy learning came hard. He busted it. He had a k'tusha. He had a holiness. He had an attachment to the Torah he learned. It's not about being, of course, become big and learning, of course. But it's about the process of relating to Tyra. He loved Tyra. He loved Divrei Teirah. He was excited by Divrei Teirah. He wrote a notebook of the Divrei Tyra in the yeshiva. He was the first guy. We're sitting now at the end of a year. The yeshiva honored him last night. But I feel appropriate. I don't do this every year. The yeshiva honored him. Normally I speak about him primarily on his yard site. I felt this year the yeshiva honored him. I want to say specifically that we're getting together learning divrei Torah. He started this year. He started it. He pushed it. He pushed say. He pushed me to say. He pushed me to share. He would read. He would review every single night. Then write it over. So the mount he was chasring. He would listen, listen live. Listen on tape. Then write over. And I have a notebook of the shiur he wrote over. He was. Um, his chavivus, his preciousness for Divrei Tair was otherworldly. His joy, he composed one song in his life. It's eerie. He composed the song that speaks about death. It's the only song we have from him. Shai composed one song. Mm-hmm. In a person's death, things don't go along. What goes along is the essence of the human being. It's the only song. They sang it last night at the dinner. In the yeshiva be smedrish, every single yom kippur, by by Miila um, that is the song that is sung. Shaya's song for twenty years. Do they still sing Revazi? Well, it's good. when
1: it gets late, I, I try.
0: Ah. Oh, here I didn't. I, here Revazi tries. I didn't know this. Well, Revazi said yeah, in the I believe Revazi tries to sing it here. Altira. It's it's the song that he composed. An Altira song. But um. But it's just a very special person. His family also got very connected to the yeshiva. His father, Dr. Twersky, they're from Los Angeles. A lot of the first chevrin yeshiva, Ray Wastiki, who's a rebbe here for years, looked up. He was a younger guy than... than then the Shaya Tversky, and he looked up to Shaya Tversky. We had a lot of LA guys early in the history of the yeshiva. There was somebody, David Madlinger, Rev. Daniel Madlinger was a rebbe here for years. They all looked up to Shaya Twersky. There were other, Ephraim Rose, Nathan Tritel. We had a beautiful hevre of LA guys who were very part of the yeshiva those years. And this guy was, this bentire Shaya Twersky was something. Till today the, the, the picture of the, of the real thing, authentic, it's not what the world shows, how dazzling, how much you could show off. It's not like that. Sincerity, authenticity, warmth. There was a warmth that he exuded. A musical guy, excellent keyboardist. Again, I'm no musical expert. I loved hearing him play play music. There was a band that played together. Till today, there's somebody who came last year to Yeshiva Aaron Saperman who's very involved in Waterbury. I, I really should bring him. I should have brought him today. I've already brought him to Yesheva, to eulogize, Shaya Twersky. He was roommates with Shaya Twersky. I'm not telling you about a guy to bring sadness here. That's not, that doesn't do anything. I'm actually saying it should be a for him. I wanted to say specifically dignity. Carry yourself dignified. It's not a coincidence. The two things that forever, three things about him is the smile, beautiful smile, no lush Hara, he didn't slander people. No lush and Hara and dignity. Dignified. He dressed with dignity, always wore crisp shirts. He looked in the dorm, it bothered him if guys would walk around undignified. Dignity mattered to him, language in the dorm. You should be dignified. There's no crime in saying a swear word, but it's not dignified. The room should feel like dignitaries live here. Around him, they chaloi omer and the hechal Hashem. There's dignity. He was a spitz of dignity. It was real. Could express emotions. He could very real, honest, like but but dignified. A dignified, a, a, a beautiful dignity that existed. I wanted to share that with the guys. And, and many guys moving on their own dorm rooms. How cool in your room? that there'll be a certain language, there'll be a certain environment. People are even joking. Guys will rip each other. He wasn't part of that culture. It was a nice word, like you, you, you were around him, there was something warm coming out of him, something encouraging something uplifting around him was the word dignity it was like adenos, refinement elevation, dignity that's how he dressed, that's how he carried himself, that's how he looked at other people, there was a sense of dignity around him, always, always I feel like we study muster we're studying behavior the, the, the glory of the Yid the glory that we are, the glory that he is. Shai is like a, forever is a is a role model of that of that type of behavior, of that of that refinement, of that elevation is a role model. So I wanted to share with the guys. I wanted to be machazic, Don't slander the next person, but deeper yet, hold of yourself, hold of yourself, and hold of him. Carry yourself with dignity. We're souls. We're big time. We're big people. I wanted, the yeshiva honored his memory last night, and I wanted to share this with the guys, share a little about him, his name was Shaya Twersky. he told me, and it was in his book, it was in this book he kept the last year, and after he told me this live, he said he once had a bad stomachache, but I played with a smile, I wanted to make other people happy, that was like, he said, thank you Hashem for a stomachache, I was able to like, to like fight past other people should feel good I played with a smile he wrote that in his in his Chesh Ben somebody who cared to make others happy to bring cheer and to bring elevation to the next person was something that was important I remember we sent a group of guys at the Aguda conventions nearby he loved G'daylum and Tzadikim and we sent a group of guys to go to the Gedolim, to go to the convention. They asked all different Gedolim to speak to them. For This one spoke for a few minutes. That one, they went to them. He had a tremendous love of great people. Like I said, he had shaykhahs to the Square Rebbe. He was actually cousins. He was actually related to the Square Rebbe. He liked the Square Rebbe a lot, but he liked big people. He liked Zadikim. He was very close to Rai Kestamem. Rai Kestemem as well. He appreciated Rai Kestamem, Rai Kestemem's Torah very, very much. He knew his tyra, He appreciated his tyra, He would listen to his Torah. Big mivakish. It's interesting. When I started the high school that the guys dress well was important to me. When I see a guy dress well, I'm very close to Mo Muller. I promise, as I was at a dinner with Mo, it matters to me that he dresses well. Because the physical should respect the truth. A guy is dignified. It's, it's the right thing. It's the right thing. A guy looks dignified. You can ask contradictions on me. You can ask why you dress better. I, I say that it's, it's hard. I try as best as I can. Everybody has different chuneis, nice, but I actually appreciate a guy dresses nicely. Maybe it's my struggle itself to like, keep clothing a certain way, but I appreciate See somebody dressing in a refined way, in a nice way. Shaya was a living embodiment. body. crisp shirts were nice. That was a crispness. It, it, he looked the way he been tired. The way the truth was, it should reflect in the way it looks externally. And that dignity, it was important when we started the high school, I said, I want everybody to wear like cool belts and pants, like in shoes. There should be a dignity. I like when a Bacher dress is dignified because it's a truth of who he is anyway. So let let our eyes see what's true anyway. He was a picture of that. Any picture of him, it like stands out in any and all pictures. His smile comes out and a crisp, crisp, well-kept white shirt always comes out. Any picture during this man, Bainasm, whatever he is, he looks fresh. Look very fresh. That I appreciate that because that's what he was anyway. So it's good that our picture that our what we was see was able to reflect what was. I like that. That's important to be. That's important to be. Yeah. Rezi, am I exaggerating or no. saying what? No. No. It's true. No. It's true. No. It's true. When he
1: started he
0: up their dress. game. He's saying, Up the game, dressed. He,
1: he, got, he got suits for the buffers.
0: I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. You know his Altira? Yeah, yeah. The Chevron knows his song. Chevron doesn't know his song. You do note, it? sing it once for the Khadra, just Aryeh, and then we'll see if everybody can sing it. What? This is Shaya's song. Arye, if you, Ari, if you could sing it, no. Aryeh take it away, and then every, who, first let Aryeh do it. you know that <laughs> that was it that's good that's good excellent Daniel you ever heard that song you've heard it that's Shia Tversky's only song he composed that was his yeah isn't that amazing the only song he composed one song we still have it isn't that amazing you ever heard that song before you heard it last night you've heard it no beautiful song his only song I mean that they don't know there's a album yeah it's, it's on that album Maish, you ever heard that song? Doobie? Vinyam, yeah. you knew that song. May, you've heard that, David? It right it's the first time you heard it? Yeah. Have you ever heard that song before? Isn't a nice song? They have an old Waterbury album before the high school. That song's on there. We're having a see and I want to invite the chevro.
1: You have been listening to a shear from ShasIlluminated.org. For other shearing on many topics or to hear an Ion Shear on any Daphne Shas, including my armaclamus on each shear, please visit www.shasIlluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call two oh three three one two shas That's two oh three three one two seven four two seven